my toenails done. Mm -hmm. And now they're a little scuffed because I laid out yesterday and dragged them across the concrete like a <gasps> dumbass. That's that's what I do so all the time. I know. That's why I usually don't get mine done. I'm like, I'll just paint them. No one's going to notice. <laughs> I hope I'll like, be whiting out over the stuff. So. I mean, you can't. I would not have noticed that if you didn't look it up. No. Yeah, I mean, if I'm like, what's scuffed? What's scuffed? Whoa. There's none. Mm-hmm. All right, friend. Guess what? I forgot again. What? <laughs> what did you forget? Okay. I got it covered. Oh, <laughs> I was like, the intro? It's Sinister Sunrise. <laughs> I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. I'm Morgan. You're number three, Morgan. Yeah. Like normal, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot it was my turn to do a game, but I, uh, with the help of Google, have a Merriam-Webster dictionary name that thing quiz. Mm, <laughs> name that thing. <laughs> so do we get points for creativity? <laughs> uh, no, no. So it's a quiz. Like I did take a little peek at the first question. And then I went back and looked at it, and it changed it. So I don't know if they're all the same uh, questions. I think they are, but they just shuffle them up. Okay. But literally, uh, it had like a picture okay. of an airplane, and it was like, "What is this?" And it uh, oh, and but there's options. There's multiple. Oh, scores. okay, okay, cool. So obviously, we will do whoever gets the best score goes first. And so okay. Uh, let me send this to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, on on your phones. Sweet. Oh, 15 seconds to answer each question. The faster you answer, the higher your score. Whoa, the that changes the, the game. The harder the question, the higher your score. I need a keyboard. I'm just going to start. All right. Wait, hold on. Okay, now Ready? I'm up on it. Okay. I just clicked it. I just clicked it. Oh, oh you're fine. Okay. It says start. It's a, it'll say start. Three. Oh. Ready? Yeah. Yes. Three, yeah. <laughs> two, one. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> Okay. Where do we start? Okay, I got mine. Yeah, I got my score. What the fuck? Oh my god! What? <laughs> when it said, like, out of. Yeah. Oh no, it says log in. I'm scared I'm gonna lose my. Oh no, I just X'd it out. Okay. Yeah, it should keep up. 1,780. 3,600. Damn it. 2520. Oh, mm. fuck. Damn. I got five out of ten. Seven. Ten out of ten. Some of them were <laughs> guesses. Two, two of them were straight guesses. <laughs> I thought I was about to brag on you guys. <laughs> like, I had two. <laughs> Holy shit, Aaron. I will now I know random crawl things. back into the hole I belong in. Guess what uh, the ones I got right? Was, like, the Anderson's. animal ones. Tentacle and a lynx. And no, I didn't get those questions. Oh, I think we all had random ones. Yeah. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, That's cool. why. Because hers were easier. Oh, it's easy. Hers Did you know this was a filament? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I got a circuit board. <laughs> and um, dorsal fin. Oh. And uvula. Oh, shit. Where'd you go? Oh, I almost was like, thank you, Cardi. <laughs> I'm sorry. The distance between the lock and a door handle on, like, a front door is called a escutron. <laughs> Hmm. Everyone has it as <laughs> Yeah, everyone a knows that. Escutrion sounds way <laughs> better. I was considering naming my firstborn Escutrion. 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 Oh, you know he ain't go Escutrion me. I guess on that one. Guess on that one. Tentacle. I didn't know what a tomatillo was, apparently. Huh, that's made up. It looks like a pumpkin. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that one of the choices? <laughs> yeah. And then, I'm sorry, how is this not a onesie, bruh? That is a bunting. It's like a footless coat. Isn't a bunting for cake? So, in tables? Bunt. 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 Bunt cake. Yeah, not bunting. Whoa, Aaron. Like, Whoa, watch your language on this show. is what you do on, like, the edge of a table when it's, like, the 4th of July and it has the red and white and blue little things that go, like, a half rainbow. That's yes, that's bunt. how I know. I was thinking of the ones for Mardi Gras since I used to live by Soulard. We had them on our mm -hmm, fence. Mm -hmm, Ooh, mm -hmm. okay. All right. Well, I suck. Uh, <laughs> well, we all had different ones. So. Aaron apparently does not, and you may go first. Yeah, he's 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm pissed, honestly. It's fine. I wish you would let me go first then. I was looking at you like, she probably got like 6 out of 10. Woo! Mm -mm. 
I saw one. Nope. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. Though. <laughs> Let I, me have my moment. <laughs> I got the first like three wrong and I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. I'm scared. <laughs> no, I saw enough hot and then I made some mistakes along the way. As we all do, we gotta learn. That time, yeah, the timing is pressure. Yeah, fifteen seconds. Yeah, is not a long time. Yeah, one of them took me long, and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> so yeah, um, I may link the uh, link in the link the link in the show notes. Yeah, that'd so be that fun. You, uh, if you want to test your random word knowledge, you can do that. I will be taking this quiz multiple times a day. Yeah, let's get smart, Sarah. Come on. I just have a word of the day calendar, so I actually really love this. Ooh, we can do that. We can beat her. We'll get 11 out of 10. Try it. Just try it. I'm going to get a perfect, <laughs> I'm gonna get a perfect score. And then I will screenshot and send it to 4,200. Yeah. Ooh. It's like the essay. I didn't even get 4,200. Who gets 4,200 on this? Uh, they just have to be like, boom, 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 boom. boom, boom, boom. boom. And just guess and hope for the best. I think my connection was slow. That was, no, yeah, that yeah. Was. It wasn't me. Mm, no, no. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Kick us off, ma'am. All right. So today I will be covering the case of Angela Samota. Samoa. Samota. Oh, Ooh, some cookies. Do I know. Sound I kind of thought it was about cookies. All right, sorry. Sorry. Those are the worst ones. What? I hate those. I'm she not a big fan a of flaw, coconut. Folks. She has a flaw. I don't know how people like those. What? I don't, know. I don't even like coconut, and I like those cookies. Mm-hmm. I would bathe in coconut. I love coconut. Mm-hmm. I like the smell. I don't like the taste. I love it. the texture. It cuts Ooh, my teeth no. open. My teeth? My gums? <laughs> my teeth. I hope it doesn't gut your teeth open. Morgan, your teeth. What kind Holy of coconut shit, are you eating? I'm so sorry, America. I'm you are coconuts, girl. <laughs> oh my god, I'm already crying. All right. No, oh, Aaron, take us mm-hmm. away. All right. <laughs> so it's Saturday, October thirteenth, nineteen eighty four. Ooh, spooky. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's one forty five a.m. and Ben McCall is in his Dallas, Texas apartment when his phone begins to ring. His girlfriend, 20-year-old Angela Samota, is on the other line. She's a junior at Southern Methodist University studying computer science and electrical engineering while also being heavily involved in her sorority, Zeta Tau Alpha. Get it, girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had mentioned I watched um, an Investigation Discovery episode, um, part of like the Betrayed uh, series, and it mentioned she was one of like the few girls, obviously, in those fields. So mm-hmm. studying well, that. I believe that. Yeah. Which is so sad. Let's change that, ladies. Anyway, sorry. She... I can't do it. <laughs> Not us. I mean, the co- the collective we. As the collective we, yes. Angela was described as being intelligent, beautiful inside and out, and she had this really bubbly personality that just made people gravitate toward her. Of course. She was very friendly and just seemed to get along well with everyone. Now, when Ben gets this call, he thinks it's a bit odd since Angela had stopped by his apartment not too long ago to tell him goodnight. She had been out at the clubs with her two friends, Russell Buchanan and Anita Kadala, a few hours ago to celebrate the, uh, the big game between Texas University and Oklahoma University that was going to be held that Saturday. Okay. The group left the club after midnight, and Angela dropped Russell and Anita at their homes around 1 a.m. before stopping by Ben's apartment. Ben worked as a construction manager and had to be at work early in the morning, so he had decided to stay in rather than go out. Angela had made it safely home, but she told Ben to stay on the phone with her because there was a man in her apartment. She told him that the man had asked to use her phone and bathroom, but Angela never quite mentioned how the man had gotten into um, her apartment, whether she had let him in or if she found him there when she got home. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay. I don't know. If I'm feeling good and buzzed and there's a man like, hey, I'm so sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. I know my drunk ass. I'm like, you know what? Put one on the board, of course. Come in. Says Gold the girl star. who yells at people about hot dogs when she's drunk, but you just know. the hot dogs. Oh. Everything else is fair game. <laughs> All right. If you want to use my phone, you need a credit mm-hmm. card. I'm probably gonna get you. But don't kidding. eat her hot dogs. Don't come near <laughs> don't that come girl near while she's eating. I have a line. Yep. <laughs> I'll lose a finger. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben did stay on the line until the call disconnected. He attempted to call Angela back, but she didn't answer. He rushed out to his car and drove to her apartment. He noticed Angela's car was in the parking lot, but when he got to her front door, he realized it was locked. He knocked several times, but his knocks went unanswered. So Ben had his work phone on him, and he used it to contact the Dallas Police Department. Officer Janice Crowther and Officer Ken Bajenska responded to the call. When they arrived at 2.17 a.m., they didn't note any movement coming from inside Angela's apartment. 
Crowther told Lindsay Beber, reporter for the Washington Post, quote, I was shaking in my boots. I could feel it. I knew something was wrong, end quote. After obtaining a key from the apartment manager, the officers were able to enter Angela's apartment. The first thing they noticed was one high heel just lying in the middle of the floor, which seemed really out of place. When they made their way to the bedroom, they discovered a gruesome scene. Angela was found sprawled out on her bed, naked and covered in blood. According to Crowther, the scene was so brutal that at first glance, it looked like her heart was just lying on her chest, like it had been carved out of her. Yes. She had been stabbed 18 times, and according to WFAA.com, 10 of those stab wounds pierced her heart and lungs. Semen was also discovered at the scene, and forensic serologist Dr. Sarah Williams determined that Angela's murder had to have happened like while she was being raped, since the semen had been found intact, which is like rare from what I've read, because typically semen breaks down within a few minutes of intercourse. So usually it's more difficult to find. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. David Spence, trace evidence supervisor at the Dallas County Crime Lab, used crime scene and autopsy photographs to conduct a blood spatter analysis, which basically confirmed that the killer had been on top of Angela when she had been murdered. He even determined that, like, the killer had been facing the headboard and he had been wielding the knife in his right hand. Okay. Blood spatter is seriously the coolest thing to me. I know it's so dark, but, like, I'm sure I mentioned it before, but my in high school I was I took a bio bioengineering class, mm-hmm. and my favorite unit that we did was literally we got to take a knife and dip it in like fake blood, but it's like science grade, yeah. so it's like the same consistency, and basically like air stab on a big white piece of paper and see what the droplets did if you did it like overhand, underhand with your dominant oh, hand. Oh wow, was so cool! And like how these people literally look at these droplets and like like microscopically look at like the direction of it or Mm -hmm. like like crazy recreate like recreating like the environment to which it happened to test like yeah so cool so sorry had actually for a second that's cool yeah i don't even know when that like started like who even came up with that like how to i just got to wave a knife around so i can't like the facts (laughs) no 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 knives yeah thankfully no one was stabbed (laughs) We were seniors. I mean, and it also, it was, like, a serrated, like... Yeah, like, yeah. Gotcha. Like, you know, like, the knives, that, like, the real metal knives they give you in, like, a picnic basket mm-hmm. that come with it? Mm-hmm. It was like that. Oh, okay. So not, like, a butcher like knife. Like, a cafeteria... <laughs> I was knife. imagining, no, like... No, 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 no. Hello, little Johnny. No, yep, yep. No, no, Like, the almost, I could probably bend the metal with my hand okay. type of knife. Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry. No. No. Well... <laughs> I'd have been a little crazy if it was. Yeah, like, <laughs> all of me is like, what's gold? Why yeah. do you do that? Shout out to KHS, Kirkwood High School. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, go on. Much cooler high school than mine. Dang, I didn't get to do that. No, no stabbies. So no stabby stabbies. No stabbies. <laughs> DNA underneath Angela's fingernails was also collected, and it appeared that the killer had washed off in the bathroom before leaving since blood and traces of pink water were discovered in the bathtub. I'm so sorry, Aaron. What year was this? 1984. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So they did, they, they did good. They yeah. did good. Because that's, I feel like, the cusp of, like, shoddy work sometimes. Well, not shoddy, just not getting the appropriate evidence that tw- we can, like, learn from in 2021. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yes. Ben McCall was the first person police questioned. According to Investigation Discovery's Betrayed episode on the case, Angela and Ben had some fights here and there, and they would end up taking short breaks, um, not necessarily breaking up, but spending some time apart when they got into an argument or weren't seeing eye to eye. Police believed Angela's murder had been a crime of passion, and Ben was at the top of their list. So Anita, the friend, was questioned regarding whether Angela knew anyone that would be capable of hurting her, and she mentioned Angela's ex-boyfriend, Lance Johnson. When the two had been a couple and had been living together, he had actually threatened her with a knife one time when he was drunk. He did admit to pulling a knife on Angela, but he stated that he didn't kill her. He was compliant during police questioning, and he even gave them saliva and blood DNA and fingerprints, the whole shebang, whatever they wanted. Okay. 
they also looked into a guy named Henry who attended SMU and was a bit obsessed with Angela. He would flirt with her um, and secretly like take pictures of her, which he then like hung up on the walls of his room. Oh my. What? Yeah. Oh my God. So definitely a bit like stalkerish, obsessive. Perhaps. Perhaps a bit. And she just always felt uncomfortable around him. From I what friends said. Trust your gut. Yeah, yeah. Trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I've been uh, re-watching um, Hey Arnold a little bit. And it just reminds me of Helga Pataki. Oh, my oh. one true love. Oh, that is kind of weird, yeah. <laughs> Looking back, that is a bit obsessive, yeah. isn't it? At the Didn't time, she have she a, sh- she had a shrine of him? Made out of gum. Yeah. <laughs> I remember not thinking twice about it in school. Like, oh, how artsy Helga Pataki is. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go and get an Etsy shop one day. Yeah. Maybe. Well, someday. Also, no, never mind. Don't her look uni- at your closets. Her unibrow. I just couldn't. Oh. Okay, sorry. Oh, I always thought of um, Princess Diaries. Like, she'll blossom. She'll blossom. Oh. <laughs> they made her sister so freaking pretty. I know. Too. I was like, holy crap. Damn, <laughs> mm-hmm. <Ma'am>, Helga. <laughs> Helga and Olga. <laughs> <laughs> Pataki. <laughs> <laughs> One guess where they're from. <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> when police went to um, question this guy, Henry, they asked if he would be willing to give them a blood sample and get his fingerprints taken. And he did. So, so far, everyone has okay. been compliant, has given some sort of DNA, fingerprints, what have you. At that point, investigators knew that the DNA collected from the crime scene belonged to a male who was a non-secretor. So this is just someone who doesn't secrete their blood type antigens into their bodily fluids. So no matter if it's like saliva, semen, what have you, like you can't tell their blood type. It's very rare in the episode. Like you can only know their blood type from their blood. Uh, No, or barely. No, that's like 20% of the population are like non-secretors. Or they have like really trace amounts of it. Wait, what? So like in their body bodily fluids, it's not in there. But like if they did a blood test, they could tell. Probably, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But Damn. yeah. So they don't, yeah, secrete their blood type antigens into their bodily fluids. Um, and then to their surprise, Ben, Lance, and Henry were secretors. So they couldn't have been the killer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. So already like three people are out. Off the list. Not Top very, three, apparently. Not yeah. very discreet of them, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah. Oh my. I know. <laughs> it's a funny word. I knew someone was going to laugh at that. We not even t- we're not even 20 minutes in, and you're already killing me with this shit. Damn it. <laughs> All right, <it's> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good, bad. Pretty good, bad. Yeah. Is that what you're oh, pretty good, bad. <laughs> Together. Yeah. <laughs> Sheila Gibbons had been best friends with Angela since their freshman year, when they were randomly paired as roommates. She had actually just caught up with her the week before on campus, and was obviously shocked to her core when one of Angela's sorority sisters called to tell her that she had been murdered. Sheila was interviewed by police, who were just asking her questions about Angela, which obviously seemed pretty by the book. But then she was asked an unexpected question. Would she be willing to speak with Russell Buchanan and discuss uh, Angela's case with him to see if his account of events matched what he had told police? So. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I didn't know they could even do that. Um, don't, I mean. It's like undercover. Kind, yeah. Or, um, what's it called? There's a word for it that I'm thinking of. Undercover. Like a. Covert ops. Yeah, but it's like where you like secretly record. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know. Oh my god, I had it on my head and then it just Recorded. went away. Secrets. No, well, the- informant. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on the tip of my tongue. All right, listen. Don't be rude. There just wasn't a picture with it, so that's why I didn't get it right away. Took me a second, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, so sir. kind of, yeah. I would okay. say like basically like an informant is what she was asked to do. They're asking her to be a little risky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So 23-year-old Russell Buchanan, one of the friends Angela had gone out with a few hours before she had been burn- uh, murdered, was now considered the prime suspect. 
The two had met fairly recently at a bar um, happy hour one night. Russell was an architect who lived in an apartment in Lower Greenville, which according to Wikipedia was only a five minute walk from Angela's place. And it was apparently like decorated with knives that he collected. Awesome. When he was questioned by investigators, he was adamant that he had not been involved in Angela's murder and he offered to let investigators take, you know, a DNA sample. And interestingly, they discovered that Russell was part of that 20%. He was a non-secretor. The secrets are coming out now. They are. (laughs) The secrets. The secrets. Ah! (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Like that. (laughs) <laughs> the destination like secrets like what if it was secrets destination <gasps> secrets what? yeah is that a secrets cap canna it's mm-hmm. a oh, yeah like a resort yeah. or something yeah, yeah. oh like secrets a, resort for the upper 20 Se- percent secrets and um sandals sandals uh-huh That's what yeah I was right. secrets and sandals secretes the sands come on to our <laughs> secret what nope. <laughs> come Back on down to- or what <laughs> Back to you, Aaron. Oh, Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, I've never been <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> so Sheila, I'm sure, was thrown off by the request, but she was willing to meet with Russell if it meant putting her best friend's murderer behind bars. Mm-hmm. She talked with Russell and even like sat down to dinner with him at one point, but each time he told her the same exact story he had told police. Okay. He had left for Houston later that weekend for a wedding, and he hadn't heard about Angela's murder until he had returned to Dallas days later. Sheila did believe he had a strong alibi and reported this to investigators who weren't quick to rule Russell out. He had taken a polygraph and passed, but according to investigation discovery, other Polygraph examiners looked at Russell's results after the fact and determined that it was deceptive. I didn't get any more information than that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They really believed Russell was their guy, but again, they had, they didn't have that physical evidence. They didn't have that smoking gun linking him to Angela's murder. And he eventually um, left the country for a bit to attend uh, graduate school. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sheila told the Washington Post that the world was never the same after Angela's death. After six weeks, uh, weeks, the case began to grow cold. Sheila dropped out of SMU and moved back home. Two years later, she met her husband, Charles uh, Wysocki, and they moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Fast forward 20 years later. Oh, Okay, shit. I was like, where are you going with this? Mm-hmm. There's she a lot. She married the murderer. <laughs> that would be a twist. That would but be no. a twist. No, no, no. Sheila is happily married and raising her two sons, but she never forgot about her best friend. After having what she described as a vision of Angela, she picked up her phone and started dialing the number for the Dallas Police Department. She pleaded with investigators to re-examine her friend's case, but was basically told it would be a lost cause. Sheila told People Magazine that she ended up making around 750 calls to the Dallas Police Department over the years, but she was basically blown off each time. One detective allegedly told her, quote, some cases just aren't meant to be solved, end quote. Bye, sir. Yeah. That's oh, not... that is rude as hell. I know. Come on. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're rude, sir. Okay. <laughs> mm. This. You look like a secretion. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> tell him, Morgan. Sorry. <laughs> you ugly ass. <laughs> Cutting straight to the core. I'm mad mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Well, so was Sheila. And this actually inspired her to become a private investigator. Hell yes. And once she obtained her license in 2004, she started taking on small cases. So finding those cheating spouses, stalking cases, etc. How exciting with that. Yeah. Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and then she eventually worked her way up to cold cases. And Sheila believes her persistence led to Angela's case being reopened. And then in 2006, there was finally a break in the case. <clears throat> DNA was successfully extracted from the rape kit taken during Angela's autopsy, sent off for testing, and then entered into CODIS. In 2008, a match was identified, but to police's and even Sheila's disbelief, Russell Buchanan wasn't their match. <gasps> yeah. The DNA belonged to Donald Bess, a serial rapist currently serving a life sentence at Huntsville Prison in Texas on a 1985 rape conviction. Oh, 
Before that, Bess had been previously convicted for aggravated sexual assault and aggravated kidnapping in 1978, where he was sentenced to 25 years in prison. However, he was released on parole in 1984, which is when investigators believe Bess found his way to Angela's apartment and like begged her to let him inside to use the phone, bathroom, what have you. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Lead prosecutor Pat Curlin believed Bess was still in the apartment when Ben had come knocking on the door. In order to keep Angela from alerting Ben and getting caught in the process, he stabbed her over and over until she stopped struggling. While Ben went back like down to his car to contact police, Bess quickly washed up and left out of a side door undetected. So that's what they believe happened. So it wasn't like the crime of passion they were assuming it was. Like a freak thing. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, because this was the... So he was serial rapist, but this was the first victim he killed okay. and murdered. Yeah. So... Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Definitely horrible. <clears throat> Bess was taken to trial, and during this time, other women came forward saying that Bess had raped them as well. His ex-wife also later testified against him, stating he had abused her and their child while they were married. He sounds like a scumbag. He yeah. is a scumbag. Uh, Bess's defense team tried to argue that the evidence collected wasn't enough to pin into the crime. I think they had nothing else going for them. <laughs> Yeah, good what do you do as the defense team at that point? Like, it can't be him. Like, please, <laughs> just please say you're guilty so we yeah. can just go. Like, oh, man. Like, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Yeah, what would... It's not yeah. his DNA. Uh, incorrect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't believe that. Wow. God, that sucks. Yeah. The DNA evidence couldn't be ignored, though, and in June 2010, after deliberating for less than an hour, the jury found 61-year-old Donald Bess guilty for the rape and murder of Angela Simoda, and he was sentenced to death. Um, he, do- he does remain on death row to this day. He has filed for an appeal three times, but each time he's been rejected. Um, and as of right now, his execution date has not been set. I hate that. I think it's kind of i don't know but like, i feel like it's difficult 2010 Ooh, yeah that's a long time mm-hmm. so, yeah i know controversial subject but mm-hmm. i'm actually against the death penalty so i'm cool with him just sitting there same hmm. i get why before it but y'all can sit yeah just kind of think about it yeah i don't think you get out a couple years longer oh sit. yeah no i can't believe you need to be eat I can't believe he is even allowed to apply anymore for I think uh, everyone has the right to as many times no there's a certain denied yeah denied for sure no I think there's actually like a limit I think you get like through a certain amount and like you get like a final appeal and then it's once that one's done then you're done what a little shit yeah I don't know how many though but that's a good question I wonder do we oh sorry I'm gonna let you continue okay I just have one little bit left Sarah McDermott reported for BBC that Sheila reached out to Russell Buchanan after the trial to formally apologize for the fact that, like, for the entire time, she actually, like, viewed him as the murderer for all those years, which makes sense because she, like, was talking with police and police thought, you know, after going through, you know, Ben and the other two guys, like, okay, he's our prime. Yeah, it has to be him. Here's our prime suspect. So she was going in thinking he was a murderer. And even though she was like, well, he says he has an alibi but I think it might still be him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she just wanted to formally apologize. And the two ended up meeting and apparently visiting like Angela's grave together, talking about the past. Yeah. Uh, Originally, Sheila planned on retiring from being a private investigator whenever Angela's case was solved. But after receiving numerous letters from family, uh, other family members who wanted assistance in solving their loved ones cases, she decided to continue her work. She established her own firm called Without Warning Private Investigation in 2011, and since then, she has investigated dozens of cold cases. Oh, Sheila! Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'd end on a bit of, like, a happier, interesting note. Um, And that is the story of the murder of Angela Simoda. Huh. I I think I referenced it earlier as, like, a freak thing that happened, but, like, I wonder if he, like, saw her and just, like, opportunity like i think it was probably definitely like crime of opportunity and then it just ended up leading to murder is what i'm thinking so scary yeah 
Where exactly, though, I don't know. Because I... Like, how lucky did, was he that, like, he just waited outside the apartment and hoped someone was coming back from a bar? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he saw her out at the bar. That's what... And then yeah, thought, that's yeah. what... I'm like, maybe he called, like, who knows? Nah. I'm passing on that. Okay. Blank, blank, blank. Um, it is Sarah's turn. Here we are. <laughs> Sarah's dies. like, hello, it's done. me. <laughs> well, talking about going to bars, about to go to bars, and then oh, get true. out of here with that. After I'm like, I would let anyone come use my phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to not let you do that ever again. Yeah, thank okay. you. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about meditation today. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. that's oh, fun. Cool. Calm. Oh, wow. <laughs> Great. I may fall asleep. Here we go. <laughs> um, I decided not to walk you guys through a meditation. I'm just giving you tips and, like, different kinds and stuff like that. Cool. Not that I think my voice would put anyone to sleep, but that would really suck. So. Everyone just. <laughs> why, can't, why are there no listens to this episode? Oh. Everyone <laughs> fell asleep halfway yeah. through. <laughs> um, okay. So, a lot of people dig it. And it has a lot of mental health benefits. So up this girl's alley mm-hmm. um surprisingly it is more than sitting crisscross applesauce and making a sound that you would hear <laughs> in movies it's not that whenever i do that it makes my nose vibrate and it really itches do you not feel that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> why are you you're like buzzing <laughs> I don't want to do, it. do it again yes oh <laughs> I'm putting my finger on Sarah's nose and it's vibrating. Are you like, because you're, are you breathing out of your nose? I don't think I'm breathing at all. Mm-hmm. I think you're like, mm, like, <laughs> keep it here. Can you come? Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Oh, no, no, no. All right, moving on. Sarah's nose vibrates. That's cool. Good to know. Oh, yeah, I do like the whole like twisty thing too. Like a, like a, yeah, the witch. genie. Mm-hmm. A lot, of, a lot of cartilage in here. Okay. <laughs> so, meditation is actually a set of techniques that hopefully leads you to a heightened state of awareness and focused attention. All right. It's also a state of consciousness, and there are nine different types, but I'm going to give you the top three. If you're interested more, write into our email, social media, wherever you feel like it. Maybe we'll get to another episode. Ooh. So, number one, mindfulness meditation. This is like the most popular one practiced in the Western world. That's us, America. We're the Western world. <laughs> we are the Western world. We are the Western world. If you type that into YouTube right now, you'll get like a whole list of them. This one has its origins in Buddhism and Buddhist teachings. The key to mindfulness meditation is to pay attention to thoughts as they pass through your mind. So like while you're sitting quietly, you aren't supposed to like judge yourself for having thoughts or be involved with them. Because like, that's cool. Go away. Just let it go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, this practice is supposed to combine, combine, yes, it's supposed to combine concentration and awareness. So some people find it very helpful to focus on an object or even on your breath while you observe any bodily sensations, thoughts, or feelings. The whole point is just calm breathing, calm attitudes, and just like being in the moment. Uh, okay. Number two is focused meditation. This is the one that you really need to hone in on. Of like all five of your senses, which quick brief for our listeners would be seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, or feeling. So <laughs> I just wrote it and realized I switched my tenses. Um, so yeah, your senses. All right. So to focus on something internally, you would be feeling the breaths. Okay. You can also um, start a candle flame and just engage in that visually. So kind of staring at it. Or listen to the sounds of a gong, which is a bong. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Aaron. You're welcome. I, Sorry. I was actually about to pull out, like, I'm not doing that sound. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, never mind. <laughs> thank you for completing me. You, really, it can be anything that lets your mind focus on just that one thing and not the million thoughts you probably have every day. So the whole point of it, I think, is to give your brain and body kind of a break. So this sounds simple, but a lot of people do struggle at first to hold attention on something longer than a few minutes without having those other thoughts. I was going to say, that sounds hard. Yeah. Especially for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I am I'm not. like a squirrel all the time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's why I can't like fall asleep right away because I'm like thinking about everything I have to do during the week and mm-hmm. I'm like, God, brain, just stop. <laughs> yeah. 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 You should notice we're closing the eyes. <laughs> yes. Closing. It's time for rest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But again, it's important to note that if you attempt this one and you have outside thoughts, you should not judge your, judge yourself and just let it come back to the focus. Okay. Okay. Which is way easier said than done. I've oh, never yeah. been able to meditate more than like three minutes. Yeah. Because the moment they're like, feel your body hitting the chair. I like I get wiggly. I started like, oh God, like is this how I'm supposed to be sitting? Like nothing feels comfortable after you t- now I'm like getting away from the mic. Like nothing feels comfortable after you start talking about Yeah. Like other ones where it's like uh, I listen to a lot of ASMR. So like yeah. when you're in bed it's like relax every part of your body. Start with your feet and work your way up. So it's like, okay, if I relax all of me, I like my face is in the pillow and yeah. I cannot breathe, homie. Like <laughs> No. These are things we shall work on. Yeah. Calm. Mm. The third one, we'll mm-hmm. talk in this voice, <laughs> okay. is transcendental meditation. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Sarah, stop. <laughs> this one is the Rihanna of meditation. It's famous, oh, the most popular, yes. and it's known worldwide. <laughs> Not believe you didn't say Britney Spears. I'm really kind of upset. Um, She's just for me. Oh, oh, oh. Actually, isn't it not strange that if you have pictures of, like, a random person you don't know on your wall, that's weird. But, like, if I tattooed Britney's face on my butt cheek, no one would think that's, like, psychotic at all. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I got a it is picture weird. of Steve Harvey in my house. and You have one frame picture? Two. Okay. Well, one is just his headshot, and the other one Alexis made for me, and it's his his head cut out over her body. So it looks like we're going to formal together. Oh, <laughs> see, no one blinks an eye. Yeah, <laughs> it is so weird. <laughs> like, I just thought about that. I wonder That's if they true. walked in our homes and they'd be like, what the fuck? Okay. Hmm. Hashtag famous people, different rules, different rules. They're just like us, I guess. Yeah. But not. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So transcendental meditation. This one is like the most popular one everywhere, not just in the Western hemisphere. It is the subject of a lot of scientific studies. And this one is a silent meditation that was introduced in the 1950s by Maharashi Yogi. And his whole bag is that suffering is everywhere and to be is to be blissful. So you should kind of just be happy that like you're here today. Okay. So the meditation is supposed to help you get into a higher form of consciousness. Like you kind of accept like things suck. Things are also great. Mm -hmm. What's next? To hear is to be blissful. That could be it. It's yeah. better. It's be- I like that one. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I could do a silent one, um, but I will try. Okay. So meditation can be tracked back a long time. You want to throw out a number, anybody? What year? 100 BC. 100 BC? Whoa. Um, BC. I have no idea. Year 1200. I have no idea. In 5000 BC. Wow. BCE, excuse me. BCE. The practice has ties to ancient Egypt, China, India, and religions like Hinduism, Judaism, and Buddhism. So was I closer? Yeah, you're closer. Aaron, take a drink. So they can can see it goes back as far as 5000 BCE, but I guess the writings they found weren't like, and boom goes a dynamite, like here is this new thing. So I think it's actually a lot older. Oh, they didn't have like details. It was like yeah. stuff you should kind of already know. Yes. Oh, like it, they can tell it's being practiced. Shoot, so I had a pretty good guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how crazy! Like you could do something that people have been doing for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Which yeah. is so crazy because if you think about it, and if meditation has always held the same purpose, mm-hmm. then it's like wow, we really were having early attempts for our mental health. Yeah, and yet now it's like. You have depression? Oh no! Oh no! You're broken! No. What? No. Whatever shall we do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That is hilarious to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it can be used for a lot of great things, and I use the Healthline article that states it can reduce stress. It's been tested and tested and always gets the same result. It is good for stress. Shocker. <laughs> uh, the one particular study done was one that measured the stress hormone cortisol. And the inflammatory chemicals that it produces, which is, whoa, I should have pronounced that word, cytokines. Let me read it. Where's that? Cytokine. Yeah. Cytokines looks right. And it produces <laughs> cytokines. <laughs> um, 
they did this study over an eight-week period. So individuals that used mindfulness meditation technique twice a day had significantly less inflammatory responses caused by stress. Huh. Yes. And that hormone, by the way, is the pesky one that disrupts your sleep, promotes depression and anxiety. Um, Oh, and it helps with giving you irritable bowel syndrome and all those fun... um, Diseases that are caused by stress. So they also list um, fibromyalgia. Stuff that just like, like get a flare when yeah. you're stressed. All right. Sounds like uh, we will be practicing yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Meditation. Yes. Yeah. Us. yeah. Um, wow. It can also help control anxiety. Huh. So there was a meta analysis done on 1,300 adult human beings, and they found that anxiety lessens with the use of meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. Most notably, people who are highly anxiety-ridden, like moi, (laughs) had the strongest effect. So yoga can also help, but the study that they looked at was for... Meditation specifically? Mindfulness meditation. Okay. Oh, okay. It promotes emotional health and well-being. Um, So people usually have a more self-improved image and outlook on life. Not to sound like a guru, but if you look at America today, like we are deep in hustle culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a lot going on. And a big part of why taking that 20 minutes a day to be in the moment with yourself and just breathing and practicing meditation, it just, it helps with positive outlook and stress. Cause you do have that minute of like, okay, things will be okay. Yeah. We're yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, it lengthens your attention span. So Woo-hoo! I got to get on this shit. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Um, it may, strong may, jury's still out, but there have been some studies that lend credence to meditation reducing age-related memory loss. Wow. Strong may. Big if true. Okay. I would love for it to be true. Um, it helps control pain because of the lowered stress hormones. It improves your sleep, letting your body get in that relaxed and aware state, mm-hmm. and it decreases blood pressure. So overall, sounding like a dandy thing everyone should pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and lastly, I'm just going to leave you with some tips from Very Well Mind on how to start your meditation process. Ooh, Ooh. girl, hit me up. Okay. Tell me. So you're going to want to start slow. Although the studies I talked about were looking at people who did mindful meditation for 20 to 30 minutes at a time. That can be very difficult for someone to do, myself included. So the advice given is to start with a five-minute session once a day and then work your way up. Yeah, I like that. You should get set a schedule. Get a schedule. Waka. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, set a schedule to so try to meditate around the same time every day if possible. I know a lot of people really enjoy the mornings, mm-hmm. but a lot of people also really enjoy that extra ten minutes of sleep in the mornings. So pick whatever time works for you. But it kind of helps your body get like in a rhythm. Like this is our time we can just. I can see yeah. like, per person like w- figuring out like what would be best for you. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, maybe the somebody in the morning like if you wake up and you feel super stressed, then you should like take that time. But sometimes people like want to de stress mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So I can mm-hmm. see both. Yeah, yeah. Um, get comfortable. A lot of people do opt for that crisscross legged seating, but it is not mandatory. As long as you are comfortable, you are Gucci. You want to focus on your well, focus on what you are feeling. So instead of like taking those huge breaths at first, whenever you first start, they kind of advise to breathe naturally and then just notice the feelings and sensations that you experience like just with your normal breathing, mm-hmm. which is cool because we're doing work all the time and just don't even, <sighs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like how crazy, even when yeah. you're sleeping, your body's like, all right, we'll do it. I'm regulating mm-hmm. you. Don't you yeah. worry. Yeah. 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 Um, do not suppress feelings. So I mentioned it before, but your brain is going to wander. It's inevitable. But the goal of meditation isn't exactly to like clear your mind of all thoughts. Like, yes, that may be like the ultimate goal, but it cannot stop your brain from working. Like you're not drugging yourself. Mm-hmm. So yes, you are allowed to feel what you feel, acknowledge them, and then kind of let them go and you get yourself back to like that state of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, don't get overheated. So if you do start to sweat and you notice you're a sweaty person, we have actually a really good website you can use. ZeroSweat.com. And if you use the code Sinister at checkout, you get 20% off a $15 order or more. So, And that was on this website. 
Um, that's on our website oh, okay. that we don't have, but like, yeah. oh, it's I our see. personal branding. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Don't sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Use zero sweat. Mm-hmm. Breathe, but not too deep. Yeah. Pay attention to yourself. Yes. There's been a lot more um, like self-meditation videos you can find on YouTube and stuff recently because everyone has been, you know, yeah. stressed at home inside. Yeah. So definitely check those out if you're feeling stressed and don't know what else to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sarah, you kind of inspired me. I think I'm going to do this. I know. I might watch one tonight, actually. Because I feel like it's just been a crazy weekend. I'm already, I'm there right now. Just do it in my bed until I, like, flop back and then I'm I'm, passed out. I will be trying to do one this evening, yes. All right. I'm going to try the transcendental. Yeah. I think, think, what was the first one again? Mindful. Mindful. Yeah, I think I like that one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And off to you, Morgan. Okay. Ladies and ladies and listeners. Lady and lady and listeners. Why did I say ladies, plural? Lady, lady, listener, microphone. <sighs> listeners, Sarah. That's plural. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Whoa. Episode 83, coming at you. And I'm going to talk today about the haunted slash urban legends of Disney World. Whoa. So... Uh, There are hundreds of stories of ghosts, hauntings, and overall eerie theories surrounding Disney World theme park. I found loads of sites with these, quote, facts, end quote, (laughs) and stories. So I will uh, be sharing the ones that I found most interesting and seem the most popular, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, A YouTube video I found called Eight Spooky Urban Legends About Disneyland. That was pretty good. It was a little quick video. Okay. Um, They shared that the Haunted Mansion uh, is one of the most spooky. Um, One, people have caught and stated that they have scattered ashes of their loved ones all around the Why? Oh, my God. I don't know. Well, that's on you, bud. Why are you doing that to everyone else? Yeah, I don't, like, I don't, I, you know, personally, I don't think I'd want my final resting place to be a ride at Disney (laughs) World, let alone the Haunted Mansion ride. I Um, would be livid if you literally made me have an eternity of hearing small children scream in fear. Right? Right? Let this be a lesson. If I die, do not let my ashes go in a ride. (laughs) Uh, So this whole ash situation uh, (laughs) paired with um, the story of basically when the ride like first came to fruition, a man like other group of people were given the opportunity to kind of test it out. Like they were the like first people to ride it. And if, if it was, you know, wanted to see if it was too scary, if it was not scary enough, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And this, again, the ride opened in 1960, so just around that time. Um, One of the people testing out the ride, an older gentleman, uh, died from having a heart attack. Oh, Oh. no. Uh, So between the ashes and him, it gives you the real vibe that there are spirits still there. Okay. Um, they did make the ride a little less scary. I didn't really go into, look into, like, what they did. But, like, Mm -hmm. I remember riding the ride as a kid, and it scared the shit out of me. Ooh, I love that ride. I I mean, it was good, mm -hmm. but I was, like, also, this is pre, like, spooky-loving Morgan. So, like, I I think the scariest part was, and maybe, I I think this is a thing, but at the end, if you, like, look over at the person you're riding in the, the ride with, they look like a monster. Yeah. Like a ghost. Yeah, I think oh. I heard that. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, that's what freaked me out. Because I was next to my dad, and I turned to be like, Dad, I'm scared. And I was like, holy shit. Because he's just, like, green. Yeah, it's something oh. like that. So. Cool. Yeah. And then to go along with my own personal research, I reached out to uh, someone I consider to be a Disney expert, our listener and pal, Shelby. Mm-hmm. and asked her some questions about specific rides and things like yeah. that so i'll be kind of getting that as we go as well cool okay. uh, uh I, she wrote me a whole paper about her, oh. her experiences. <laughs> i gave her like four questions and she ran with it so <laughs> uh, she did start off the uh note with first of all i just want to say thank you for letting me be a part of this podcast i love it so much and i'm so excited uh, that i can contribute oh so, thanks shelby yeah thanks, Shelby. Uh, and the reason I say expert is because I asked her how many times have you been? 
she has been on Disney property 11 times and has been in Walt Disney World Parks nine times. So wow. she, yeah, she even gave me um, a definition list. So when she says Disney property, it refers to the 25 different resorts and hotels within the 42 square mile <laughs> radius of Walt Disney World. This includes Disney Springs. Disney Springs is a free entertainment district with restaurants, shopping, and more. It does not require a park ticket to enter. And then Walt Good Disney World Parks include Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Disney would, Disney's Hollywood Studios, formerly MGM Studios, and Animal Kingdom. Ah. So, thank you, Shelby. Yeah. I, guys, wrote all my notes, and she sent me this, and I was like, what did I do this for? I can just read your paper. <laughs> so... Morgan is not um, lying. It is a paper. No, it's and it's like broken down so nice. Like the fonts are different. It's Ooh. the only thing missing is like APA formatted sources. But she is yes. a source. So <laughs> uh, no, she has a whole source page. As well. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she is a teacher. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. A plus, um, Shelby. A plus. A plus. Yeah. Um, again, so she's been there a lot of times. And then I asked her specifically about like what rides that she has been on. She's been on all of them i think so um basically i found like the most like quote unquote again popular haunted or legends mm -hmm. um she gives a ride description for all of them oh so fun. for it's like we're there with her yes <laughs> we're actually um, a travel podcast now. Yes. yes 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 so the haunted mansion ride uh, the description is your quote doom buggy awaits you as you take a tour through various ghost-filled rooms of the mansion and again, Ooh. this is the ride that inspired Disney's movie, Haunted Mansion with Eddie mm -hmm. Murphy. Lovely movie. That little globe. Yes. Spooky lady is just wonderful. Yes. She's so funny. Um, but yeah, so the, I'll, again, I'll be kind of going in between um, basically her notes and my own. So. Yeah. Uh, a Bustle.com article I found states that someone riding in the Haunted Mansion ride happened to take a picture of the doom buggy in front of her and caught a young boy staring back at her. Ew. However, quote, not only was he not there when I took the pic, there wasn't a child of his age within a 20-foot person, like, radius in front of me getting onto the ride. So, like, it was all happened to be, like, older kids and adults. Mm. Excuse me while I meditate for a moment. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and again, to, con to, to continue the quote, not only that, but what is he doing looking at me? There is no flash on my camera. There is no visible light coming from me. Oh. And uh, while it has apparently been debunked, um, the original spell book uh, that's in the seance room is a real tome of witchcraft from the 14th century. They just, like, love to throw that out, but it's not apparently not true. Oh. Uh, but I did. <laughs> I was about to say. I know. I was like, here's a whole lot. Well, Who, yeah. Who's... Who got that? Uh, Who's keeping where's it? Where's my... Well, what did you do with that? <laughs> Here is How the picture of the boy looking back at her. Okay. Oh, I do oh, see ew. it. Oh, Yeah. Like, he is looking directly yeah. at her. Yeah. That is eye contact. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Like... That's gross. Ugh. Listeners, I'll have this on the Insta and Facebook. Why is he so bright as well? Yeah. Right? Exactly. And also, like, what are you doing leaning out of the dune buggy? Doom. Excuse me. Doom. Buggy of doom. Buggy of doom. So. Uh, and now we will move on to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Oh, really? Anyway. <laughs> uh, fun fact, this ride was the final ride supervised by Walt Disney. Oh. So he, when he was leaving, retiring, whatever word you want to use, that was the final ride that he supervised before he stopped working in the park. No, honey. No, okay. no, no, no. What did Pirates the Caribbean? 1969 is the ride. The ride, not the movie. The movie came from the ride. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I am today years old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So let me. <laughs> you were like, my math is wrong. Said, oh, yeah. I was doing crunching some numbers up here. Like, that ain't right. Yes. <laughs> um, so Pirates of the Caribbean is an eight and a half minute ride around a quote, barge, um, it is cool in the room. No, like the temperature. Oh, she, so cool. she wrote in here referring to temperature. <laughs> per one person's yeah. Yelp review. It was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, it is dark and relaxing. There is a fun little drop at the beginning. 
and there are over 125 auto animatronics, including three incredible ones of Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. So I remember this right. And she also gave us the definition here of uh, audio. Whoa, what was it? Uh, audio animatronics is a quote registered trademark for a form of robotics animation created by Walt Disney uh, Imagineering for shows and attraction at Disney theme parks and subsequently expanded on and used by other companies. So he trademarked it. Very cool. Trademark. Yeah. Damn bitch. Anyway. uh, So, uh, for many years after opening, real skeletons were used on the ride. (laughs) Yes. They were not. Yes, because the fake ones weren't real enough looking for... Walt and his team. And they were probably more expensive, weren't they? I, they just, they apparently was like, they, they mentioned mostly about the looks oh. rather than anything. Well, because mm-hmm. I thought it was in those movies, too. You did an episode on that. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh-huh. the movie. Yeah. Uh, Poltergeist. There we go. Yeah. Um, while many have been replaced with, you know, now modern time fake ones, so they look nicer. Yeah. There are rumors that there are still that some that remain. That are real. Mm. Um, some ghosts are said to haunt the ride as well. Uh, two well-known spirits, uh, well, I should say three, I guess, uh, are George and, quote, the ladies. Uh, supposedly, a construction worker fell to his death working on the ride and now causing those who say out loud that they don't believe in him to become stuck on the ride. Employees take it so seriously that, quote, each day cast members say good morning and good night to George <gasps> over the PA system. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So they fully, oh my gosh, fully believe in him. Good night, George. <laughs> good night. Good night, Gannat. <laughs> I saw one earlier. You were like so deep in your story, and I saw freaking Gannat flying around here, and I was yeah. like, he's back from the dead. He's mm-hmm. back. He's <laughs> Uh, the two lady spirits that I mentioned earlier are said to have passed away in a ride accident and uh, just happened to linger on and are just spiritual presence known. So, yeah. I mean, tickets are expensive. You got to get as many rides as you can out of that bad boy. Mm-hmm. So, They're, you know, living their best life at Disney World. Yeah. Um, and then a, another spirit that is on a different ride may or may not be familiar with Space Mountain. That was my favorite ride when I was there. Okay. Once. <laughs> when I could ride roller coasters and not get sick any from them. But oh, aging uh, sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I turned 16 and I die anytime I'm on a roller coaster or plane. So I think I just get headaches. Yeah. But okay. I like push through and I'm like <laughs> No, we rode Excalibur at um Six Flags. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Clavin and I afterwards, like I didn't even want a turkey leg. He was like, Can we go? And I was like, yeah. yeah. Oh no. It Dude. hard on the old body. I think I maybe rode the ninja like too many times in a row, and that's maybe like what fucked me up. Maybe I like the ninja because like when ninja. you're just like oh, spinning, oh, and spinning, and spinning, spinning around. Yeah, I remember getting on it like what a terrible idea, ah, Sarah. Yeah, why not? I think the ninja was just too like made your head jerky like, back yeah. and forth. Yeah, that one's so. really jerky. Uh, Space Mountain, from what I can remember when I was a youngin, uh, was very smooth, great ride. I thought mm-hmm. it was super fun. Um, but this ghost is called Mr. One Way, uh, and again, well-known spirit for Space Mountain, and apparently this is in California. This is one of the only ones that I'll be referencing that's Disneyland, not Disney World. Don't so get it twisted. Don't mm-hmm. get it twisted. Uh, it is said that a red-haired man, possibly in 70s style clothing, um, and he is said to get on and sit in an empty car before the ride ends, he vanishes. Ooh. Yeah, so super weird. Okay. Um, And then let me make sure. I know she has a Space Mountain per Shelby and her sources that I will also have linked. Uh, is the oldest operating ride in the state of Florida. So again, this one's different, but they're the same ride. Uh-huh. Um, it opened in January 1975. This unique space-themed indoor roller coaster takes place in the dark. The ride doesn't go upside down, but it does include many quick turns and drops. Okay. Um, okay. 
And then this one is, I one of the questions I asked Shelby was, um, was like basically, do you believe in any of the lore about mm -hmm. Disney? And she wrote a lot about this particular story. So I, I thought I did, you know, semi good quick notes, but I actually am going to read what she wrote because it describes the situation of what happened way more. So uh -huh. bear with me here. Um, so I'll, again, I'll just read this as she wrote it. I believe the spookiest thing that happened in Disneyland 1974 was Deborah Stone dying on an attraction called Carousel of Progress but was undergoing a game. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just. <laughs> do you, what did that do look you like? also feel like you're being smashed under the carousel of progress? <laughs> like, just, ew, God, like we're moving forward and now we're going back because you've died. I'm so sorry. That's literally what I'm, I'm about to read. So. <laughs> yes, I've tuned in. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it was going undergoing a name change to America Sings, so a little um, better for you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, let's see if she... Okay, so basically the summary of what the ride is, and it's an automated musical extravaganza that paid tribute to the musical history of America. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's Carousel Progress. I mean, it made a little more sense now, but yeah. still, mm -hmm. America Sings sounds... Right on, way better. Less political, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the ride featured six stages in the central nucleus of the building. There, uh, These six theaters rotated around in a sequence as to allow the theater audience to experience each popular performance in sequence. The oh. performance consisted of a 24-minute show featuring four big musical acts with a melody of period tunes sung by animated animals. During Ooh, I know, that's the worst. Oh my god, I know, stop. But like, also though, it's 1974, like, we we get it, we get it. They had me going until the animated animals little part. A different, little different time. Um, <laughs> during such a show, it was the job of Disney hostesses, uh, excuse me, of the Disney hostess, to stand on the left-hand side of each stage and greet the audience at the start of each show and bid them farewell at the end. The only glitch was in that the previous ride, Carousel of Progress, the theaters moved around the nucleus in a clockwise direction. This meant that the walls on the left-hand side of the stage moved away from each other, but in America Sings, the rotation was reversed uh, which meant that the walls moved towards each other on the left-hand side of the stage and closed in on uh, closed in place to separate the theater from another. So mm. basically, the wall that cut everything off, yeah, the rides would go clockwise into it, and then Ooh. they switched and went this way. Okay. So mm -hmm. basically, like if you think of like an entrance right here, yeah, this is what you're seeing. Okay. So like if your audience is here. I can maybe I'll find a picture of like a map or something. Yeah. Know, but, um, so on the faithful night of July 8th, 1974, Debbie Stone had an evening shift at America Sings. Just before her shift, she called up her parents to exclaim to them that she was in love and wanted their permission to get engaged. Her parents gave it, happily gave it to her. Hey. A little while later at 10:30 p.m., when the last show got over and these stages were shifting position. In between the 45-second interval, a guest from the adjacent theater heard a blood-curdling scream. No. When he and the operators rushed to the scene, they were horrified to see Debbie Stone had been crushed between the walls of the two theaters. To this day, no one knows exactly what went wrong, but there have been numerous theories. Some state that Debbie may have been, in uh, been inclining toward the adjacent stage to talk to a fellow cast member, or she may have attempted to jump from one stage to another, or she may have been distracted and stepped backwards without noticing. Mm. Whatever the reason, the fact remains that Debbie was crushed alive as she, as what? the rotating wall closed against the stationary one. Oh, God. After the gruesome incident, Disneyland closed the ride for two days. And the <laughs> wow. I know, I know. What a silent period. And the, <laughs> and the stage on which Debbie died remained closed for a year. Okay. Oh. 
There you go. Thank uh, you. Later, the stages were installed with sensory lights to warn the operator if someone was too close to the walls. Um, and additional changes were made by fixing breakaway walls in case the sensors failed. So if there so you go. fake walls and not yeah. brick, I'm sure, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, these, um, like, fixes, quote-unquote, remained until 1988. Then it was shut down, and the building remained obsolete till it was refurbished in 1998 for the new, for a new attraction, Inventions. Um, so, and this is all from The Terrifying and Infamous Death of Debbie Stone at Disneyland. Um, so sorry, Miss Stone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, that ride has, has since shut down, um, but they do say... And, like, this is, like, the ghost part of it is that when the ride was still going, some of the workers would literally hear, be careful, in their ears. <gasps> so, like, no. very, very creepy and very, just overall very spooky. And uh, this is going to be a part two, fam. Oh! I'll see you next week for part two of <laughs> Disneyland Spooks. Yeah! That's what I got for you today. Cool, cool. That was awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank yeah. you also, Shelby, for your massive amount of help. I'm so sorry I just hiccuped. But yeah. That's All right. 83, guys. Yeah. 83. Uh, <sighs> yeah. As Sarah mentioned, uh, zerosweat.com. Type in the code sinister at checkout to get $20 off of a $15 purchase or more. Excuse me, 20%. Did I say 20%? A percentage off a dollar amount. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Yeah. Um, you can email us at SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can tell us how wonderful we are. You can give us suggestions, whether it be topics for each of us, a group topic, or even a game to play to decide who goes first so that yeah. maybe, you know, I can come prepared sometime. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook. Again, Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Same on Insta. We post each week for images of each of the stories that we cover, so make sure you check those out. You can also see us on TikTok at sinister underscore sunrise underscore podcast. Uh, and do not forget to follow us where you listen and leave us a rating and review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, with that, ladies, I think that's 83. Yeah, that is, yeah. Cool. Stay sinister. Bye. Bye.